Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. It's The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Welcome back to The Late Show, ladies and gentlemen. How are you? You are in for such a treat tonight. What a lucky audience you are because... Folks, my first guest tonight is an Emmy and Tony Award-winning actor you know from Breaking Bad, All the Way, and Isle of Dogs. Please welcome back to The Late Show our friend, Brian Cranston. I like it. You always have the best audience. I do, and you you are one of the best at milking them. Absolutely. (laughs) Your daddy was a dairy farmer. (laughs) Um, uh, Welcome back. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you too, Steven. Yeah. Sir Brian Cranston. Is that what it is? Yeah, there's a certain point of your acting skill and the adulation that an audience has for you that just, a sir just goes on the front. Americans just don't have that kind of royalty, though. No. I mean, what... what That's should... why I've ni- I knighted you tonight. But we should come up with a different name than sir. Than sir? Uh, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. Buddy Brian Cranston. That's not I bad. I kind of like it, actually. Buddy it's Brian good. Cranston. Yeah, why not? That sounds like you played minor league ball. Yeah, old buddy. Um, well, you're, you're, you're back here talking about on Broadway. You've got uh, at the Belasco Theater. Yeah. You are Howard Beale in the Broadway staging of Network. Where'd you, where'd you guys start this? We did it in London at the National Theater for six months last year. Right. And it worked out so well. It translated, you know, Patty Chayefsky is a genius. Unbelievable. This, this, uh, the, certainly the original film and this show, you have, everybody gets their moment. Every character gets their moment. But certainly you as Howard Beale, uh, the man who is mad as hell and can't take it anymore, yeah. isn't going to take it anymore. You have some of the greatest monologues about modern American life and our media ever written. It's like catnip to an actor. When you look through a script and you see these big speeches with this beautiful, beautiful language that he was weaving together, and it just, oh, it's fantastic. And they build like a fugue. I mean, you literally pass out at the end of each one of these. I kind of go a little crazy, yeah. (laughs) I go mad. Mm -hmm. But it's a beautiful transition. Uh, This man walks the line between, is he going crazy, or did he actually have an epiphany? Uh, Did he actually have an experience where... He is bringing uh, benefit to the to society now, and he wants to share it with his TV audience. Yeah, like he believes he's hooked into a universal life force. Yes. What the Hindus call prana. Prana. Exactly. Yes. That's where I first learned the word prana. Oh, really? When I, when I heard that, I went... Mm-hmm. Here, here's an example of uh, some of the action on stage. We're looking at, in this photograph, a big uh, video monitor. That's you down here That's freaking made, out for yeah. the cameras. And you up there being uh, controlled by your producers. Yes, it's a multimedia uh, experience. It is, it is something that, that brings you back to the mid-1970s and then shoots you back into the 2018 quickly. So a lot of the things that we discuss 
you know, in the show about being addicted to the, whatever the modern technology is at the time. In this case, he talks about the tube, television. Well, we are just looking at television now in, our, in the palms of our hand. Or how about fake news? That's an, that's an element that we deal with. And, and the manipulation of audiences by having a, a news outlet, having an agenda of what they want their audience to listen to. It's really very prescient from what he was and writing. And written about. in 1975, film was released in 76. Right. Um, he really does, Paddy Chayefsky really does seem like a, a prophet in this because so much of it is about just emotion driving the news. Yeah, and, and ideology and, uh, and agenda and purpose. They're, they're, they're out to, to shape you. And what Howard Beale rails about is, in one of the speeches, as you well know, he says only 3% of you people read books. Only 15% read newspapers. Because the only truth you know is what you get on your television. And if you limit yourself to one source of news... That's all you're going to get. You're going to be tunnel vision to that, to that whatever agenda that outlet has. Well, the, certainly the most famous line in the entire movie is, uh, I want to get this right, I'm mad as hell, right. and I'm not going to take it anymore. Right. Now, Patty wrote, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Uh, but Peter Finch went through one and a half takes of that scene, and then he collapsed. He couldn't do anymore. And he told the director, Sidney Lumet, I, I'm done. And he actually inadvertently dropped that one as. And Patty Chayefsky was not happy about that. But he did so. Literally, it, that one yeah, two letter, letter word, word, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore, became I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. I, I bellow that every night at the Belasco. What? Uh, now, uh, as, as an actor who has to uh, call upon his own emotional truth for that moment, what are you mad as hell about and will not take anymore, Brian Cranston? I think what makes me angry is people accepting duplicity and, um, and the diminishment of integrity and, and lack of uh, accountability that we're finding now in our society. And I think, you know, what's, what's, there's a lot of discoveries an actor makes when, when developing a character, but one of the things that I didn't quite pick up on in London, but I'm really keying in now, is the social non-acceptance of the emotion of anger. To be mad. Yeah. We accept intolerance. We accept uh, irritability. We accept, um, you know, uh, irascibility and things like that. But anger, true anger displayed socially is not acceptable. And perhaps what we do need, as, as Howard Beale says, first you've got to get mad. And when you're mad enough, then we'll figure out what to do with it. Then social change can actually take place is when you get mad. And, and perhaps when you see injustice, like we do often these days, you don't want to be tolerant. You don't want to be acceptant uh, uh, of that. You want to say, no, this makes me angry. It is wrong, and we have to stand up and do something about it. Certainly, uh, uh, as a caricature, British people 
are thought of as being very reserved emotionally. Mm. Yeah. When after having been over there for, you must have been over there for the better part of a year getting ready and then and performing, yeah. what do you think that's true? Like compared to Americans, are they better at showing their emotions in general, anger or otherwise, or are they worse at it? No, no, I think they're, they are more reserved. Mm -hmm. Americans have a tendency to be able to let it go, mm -hmm. and there's, there's some greatness to that. Um, on the other hand, when, when, it's, when it's called for and appropriate to be more tolerant and controlled, Americans sometimes have a difficulty in, <laughs> in like, putting it back into a box. See, I've always thought that, uh, that everybody, pretty much, no matter what your culture is, hides their feelings uh, for self-preservation, that we don't want to be revealed, that we're afraid to reveal ourselves to each other, which is why I'll pay money to go see you on stage have an emotion publicly. But I think it's the anger part of it that you want to hide. You don't want to show... Why do we... When we stand there and we're about to take a photograph with anybody, yes. we, we... Our knee-jerk reaction is to smile. And every picture that we take, we're just beaming as if we are incredibly happy at that moment. <laughs> if we were truly honest, we would just be there and just allow ourselves to be feeling whatever it is at that moment to be honest, but, but it's not acceptable. We in, our, in this society, we always want to show things that are positive, be good, be happy, smile. I mean, there is, you know, when people, people see someone crying, then often you'll hear, oh, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And it's like, no, they should cry. They're suffering a, a loss or sadness or something as opposed to just putting your arm around them and allowing them to feel what they're feeling at that moment. Maybe cry with them. Cry with them or be angry with them. We have to take a break, uh, but we'll be right back with more Brian Cranston. Please don't go. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, Brian Cranston. He is the star of Network at the Belasco Theater here in New York, New York, the big city of dreams. Yes. Uh, now, Brian, let me ask you this. There's a lot of improvisation in this show. You, with, with, interacting with the some, audience. Some. There's some. There's a, there's a segment... Uh, it says lot of. It says oh, a lot, lot of, of yeah. <laughs> I'm well, sorry, like I've a, got it in writing that there's a lot of well, improvisation. Like so, said, some, Steve, some is a lot. There's a some lot is of... a lot if there's usually none. There's... <laughs> Okay, I accept your apology. There is some okay. of a lot of... Uh, in a, there is some, some improvisation. Yes. How do you choose when to do it and who to do it Well, with? there's a particular time in every show at, that I go into the audience um, when I'm trying to further explain um, my, my point of view and, and it's met with some skepticism or some blank faces. So I wander out into the audience and I, and I sit down between a couple people each night, and then I just have a little chat with them. Uh-huh. That must freak them out. It, uh, it can freak them out a little bit, and I, but it, you try to control it a little bit. 
and you have a little chat back and forth, and then I go back to the text and finish the text and right. and and move on with the play. You don't want to be too indulgent. Has it has it ever gotten extremely uncomfortable? Like, have you have you have you crossed a line in the eyes of audience members? I certainly hope not. But um, <laughs> like, there was a woman the other day who had uh, I I just sat down next to her, and as I'm settling in, sitting on on the little piece of wood, I noticed she had some some junior mints down there. So I reached down and took some junior mints and started eating them. And then I, I said, oh, you also... And she had another box of M&M's. And so she, she goes, yes, I've got M&M's, I've got junior mints. And I said, you probably have something else, diabetes. You know? <laughs> so there... That may have crossed the line. Up. Did she smile? She went, did she smile when you did that? She went, no. Yeah, did she smile? <laughs> yes. I have diabetes. Um, well, I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see that. I can't wait for you to come. It's, I know it's a huge movie in your life. and you. It is. Yeah, I've seen it innumerable times. So it could either be good or bad to you. No, no, it's going to be great. Because it's so indelible to you. Uh, that, it doesn't uh, matter. Okay. Listen, right. uh, if, if it's done right, I read The Lord of the Rings at least 50 times before yes. I saw the movies, but Peter Jackson's production did not replace. It merely enhanced my imagination Good. of it. And in the same way, I can't imagine any performance you do will not uh, elevate material that's being written. Sir Buddy. Sir Brian Cranston. Or Buddy Brian Cranston. Buddy Brian, Buddy Brian Cranston. <laughs> Thanks, David. Coming up, Aaron Paul. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. guest tonight is an Emmy award-winning actor you know from Big Love, BoJack Horseman, and a little show you might remember called Breaking Bad. Please welcome Aaron Paul. Hi, everybody. Nice to see you again. Yeah, great to see you. Thanks for having me. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and all of the above. Yeah, you too. Um, okay. Everybody loved Breaking Bad. It's been six years yeah. since you guys went off the air. God help us. But you are back. Before we get to anything else, I just want to get into this. You're back with Brian Cranston. Yeah. Working on a new project, and it's mm. not one that I expected. Right. You guys, do I, is this the stuff right here? This is it. This is it. You guys are working on a mezcal. <laughs> Dos hombres. Yeah. Dos hombres. Two guys. These are Dos Hombres. Yeah. And may I remind you that last time we saw the Dos Hombres, yeah. they looked like this. I mean, it's a, just a natural right. sort of progression. But now, now the Dos Hombres look like this. Yeah. A little more is peaceful. This, exactly. Is this right here? Yeah. Is this right here? Is this an alternate ending to Breaking Bad where yeah, you he's guys an... go just do booze that's legal? Or are, are you dead and this is heaven? Yeah, because... I mean, well, Walt died, and so 
we do look like we're in heaven. You do. It feels like we're in heaven. Mm -hmm. um, you look like yeah. extras in a progressive commercial. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so why? <laughs> why? 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 Why the booze? I mean, why not? You know. Uh, Right? That's, a good, that's a good question. Why yeah. not? Why not? Are we going to? Yes. Yes, let's do it. Um, no, Brian and I were actually having. Uh, let me pour let me. Do you, take, do you take a lime? Do you no. take a lime? No, 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 no. Take a lime? Just a little ice. Are you okay if I do a lime? Yeah, or get, get in there. Yeah, there Should I go, fill go. it all the way to the top? No, or? no, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. I have to work after this. Um, okay. Brian and I were having dinner in New York, and he mm. said, look, is it too soon to do another project together? And I said, I think people are just going to see us as Walt and Jesse for a little while. And I go, what do you think about going into the booze business? And he laughed. And I go, no, I'm being serious. What do you think about Mezcal? And uh, he laughed again. He's like, the thing with the worm at the bottom of it? I'm like, no, it didn't. It doesn't have to have the worm. No, see, it doesn't have to have the worm. And so that was when the seed was planted, and that was uh -huh. a little over three years ago, and, and here we are. If you have enough of it, you're the worm at the bottom. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you Cheers. Go. Cheers, everybody. Oh, that's lovely. That's it's lovely. smooth. I always just drink it neat nice. or on the rocks. Yeah. How does one start a, a booze? What do you have oh, to do? Wow. What, 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 where, First where? of all, it's so much more work than you would think. Lots of drinking involved. Okay. Uh, uh, but where do you source the material? It's like Oaxaca that? is where mezcal really comes from. And we traveled all over Oaxaca trying to find the perfect mezcal. It's like going to Napa and finding the perfect wine. You travel all over Oaxaca, find the perfect mezcal. And we, we, we agreed, we're like, look, if we don't find the perfect juice, we're just we're not going to do it. There's no reason to do it. Mm -hmm. And we found this small little village three hours outside of the center of Oaxaca City. And we had to take off our boots, um, hike up our, our pants, and hike through a river, and then 15-minute hike into the just the wilderness, and we came across, honestly, what looked like a meth lab in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and I already just sensed, oh, this is it. This has got to be the spot. Did Brian agree? No, well, well, we were like, what is this place, you know? And then we, we tasted it. We looked at each other, and then we did, had another sample, and we're like, I think, I think this is, I think this is it. Is that fun to, to be yes. talking to the guy? It sounds almost dangerous to be doing that. Maybe it was. You'd be I don't know. By a snake or something right, right, like that. Right. There yeah. was no snakes, just lots of booze. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go. It really is so smooth and, and special. So I heard a story that oh, tell me if this is true that you guys are obviously great on screen together in Breaking Bad. I heard a story that your character. Um, uh, when you got the gig, your character, unbeknownst to you, right. was going to be knocked off in the first season. What, and not, it was going to be towards the end of the first season, like mm -hmm. the, the, the fifth or sixth episode, he was supposed to die from, like, a rival gang, and then at the end of the first season, Walt takes revenge. Um, I did not know that. <laughs> Thank God they changed their mind, but... Um, they you just, never got a whiff of it? No, I, I mean, Brian would always toy around with me that I was going to die, you know? And you always Did he know you were supposed to die? He... I think he did know I was supposed to die, but they just kept it a secret from me. Um, thank God. But at the, towards the end of the first season, Vince told me that was the plan, and I just never... I couldn't, couldn't shake it until we were done shooting the show. I always thought I was going to... I was going to die, but they just loved what... Were there any scripts you were reading? Like, you'd go to the next page, like, I'm definitely dead on the next page. <laughs> 
I mean, many, many scripts. But uh, Brian would come up to me, and he one time he, he came up to me and gave me this long hug. Inappropriately long. Um, and he's like, hey, it was a fun ride, man. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, the, the, the newest episode is just, you know, at least you go out swinging, you know. I go, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, you haven't read it. I go, no. He's like, call me anytime. Like, I'm here to talk. And then uh, I ran into the production office. I'm like, what is happening? Let me read the, Brian read the script. Let me see it. Uh, they wouldn't show me anything. He was just lying. He was just lying to me. That's what actors do. Yeah. They lie for a living. Yeah. Um, can you explain this um, before I call children services here? This yeah. is you and your daughter. Yeah. Oh. There so you that's go. that story. Um, she's just the sweetest. So that was at Comic Con. Uh, the first time I was at Comic Con was towards the end of Breaking Bad, and I had walked out with uh, like a fake baby, like a baby Holly, and that same sort of meth suit. And after Comic-Con, I asked, can I, I'm like, can I keep this for my unborn baby? They're like, oh, you're having a baby? I'm like, well, eventually I'll have a baby. <laughs> Anyways, randomly, the next time I was at Comic-Con, she fit in that costume and I brought it with me. Oh. And I was actually backstage. I'm like, do I do this? Is this weird? Like, my baby's not asking for this. Anyways, Brian actually helped put that suit on my baby. <laughs> He's like, no, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. She'll thank you later. <laughs> now, uh, you're also in the upcoming season of Westworld. Yes. Ed Harris was on the show yep. last week. And Ed... Ed said... Ed said he doesn't understand the show. Right. Do you understand the show? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had to rewatch the the second season again. I'm such a crazy fan of that show. I, so am, I they, am, too. When they asked me to be a part of it, I was just... So excited to kind of get a peek behind, you know, their velvet curtain in a way. Would you be willing to be nude in it? Because Ed Harris said he, he, he in his contract, is that he can't be nude. He won't do one of the nude scenes. He, he hasn't, he wasn't nude? No. He says he won't, he refuses to be nude because a lot right. of people end up, who haven't seen it, a lot of people, the robots, a lot of them are robots. Yeah. You don't know who is a robot from like episode to episode and they end up being nude. Yeah, I thought just, everyone just ends up being nude on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No. I mean, I may or may not be nude in this season. I don't know. We'll see. If you have to be nude, would you work out to look better nude? Or you'd be like, no, I'm an actor. I want to be honest that this is what I actually look like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I realize that question is implying that you look terrible nude. I mean, I am, mean I gonna, I am, I gonna, am I going to do push-ups in between takes? Probably not. But uh, if I know I'm going to be naked, I'll, I'll try and exercise. And maybe not eat a bunch of pasta before. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. <laughs> you know. The new show. Uh, you got a new show on Apple TV. Yeah. Apple TV. It's called Truth Be Told. And it's about a, a journalist um, played by Octavia Spencer... Mm -hmm who is a, making a true crime podcast. Yeah. Do you listen to true crime podcasts? People are obsessed with murder these days. <laughs> yeah, it's very odd. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I was introduced to the podcast world uh, with Serial. That was, sure. That was the first, first podcast yeah. that I, I dove into, and I was just so hooked. I couldn't, I couldn't stop listening. And Sarah Koenig actually was a big, uh, big part of Truth Be Told. She sort of sure. oversaw the whole podcast element of this show. And 
um, which was very exciting for me. But uh, she was the one who was a part of Serial. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I, I love it. What, we, have a, we have a clipper. What, what's happening? It's between you and uh, Octavia Spencer. Yeah, uh, she plays Poppy, this, uh, this journalist who actually had a lot to do with putting my character in prison. I was accused, my character Warren Kay was accused of murdering his next-door neighbor when he was 16 years old uh, on Halloween night, stabbing him to death. Um, and he is serving a life sentence, and he's been there for about 19 years. Um, but he's always uh, declared his innocence. And so this is them sort of coming into contact for the first time. Jim? I live in a house full of men who breathe to lie. And I could smell yours before you even started talking. You're full of well, I'm here now. I can make up for it. Can you? <sighs> and now you are here for my blood. Vampire. <laughs> you predator. Not a nice guy. You don't seem nice. Aaron, thanks so much for it's being here. It's great to see you, my friend. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.